RadioInfluence.com. This is the Valor Hour on Radio Influence. Your weekly glimpse inside all things Valor Fights and a look at what's going on in the rest of the MMA community. Now, here's your host, Tim Loy. Welcome to another edition of the Valor Hour. I'm your host, Tim Loy, and we uh, are back to a bit of a, uh, a normal week here on the Valor Hours. We're back to eight rounds of topics uh, as we get ready to roll into uh, two shows in August. Um, of course, uh, joined by my co-host, Justin Watson, and our panelists, Jeff Hobbs, Torres Finney on the line as well. We'll be getting Greg Hopkins in here a little bit later, but uh, also on the show, we've got uh, an interview coming up here shortly. Actually, uh, in round two, we will talk to Josiah Newton, who will be uh, one half of the main event for the VFC uh, 85 card, which is coming up here August the 6th. He'll be challenging Samaj Portis for his welterweight championship. Uh, championship. So be uh, uh, exciting to talk to Josiah for the first time on the Valor Hour here coming up in round two. But we'll kick it off with round one, guys. And uh, we've got uh, the uh, Bellator 262 uh, will be uh, our course of dis- uh, discussion for round number one. Uh, went down this past Friday night uh, on Showtime. Uh, not the uh, most stacked card uh, we've ever seen as uh, we had a main event with uh, Julia Velasquez uh, defending her championship or flyweight championship against Denise Kielholtz wins a split decision. A lot of people thought Kielholtz probably won that fight, but um, that's kind of the good thing about playing favorites on Bellator cards is that if you get a close decision, you'll typically get it more often than not. So uh, also on that card to real fortune uh, with a first round submission to strikes over Matt Mitrione, a little controversy there. Mitrione was uh, griping about a headbutt uh, that uh, I guess uh, was encountered on uh, the takedown from uh, Fortune. Upon further review, it kind of looked like maybe Mitrione ducked into that, though. And uh, in the aftermath, it looks like Mitrione uh, parted ways with a, with a promotion afterwards. So he's a he's free agent now or, or retired one. Uh, Mateus Matos uh, knocks out uh, C.J. Hamilton from down in Atlanta area. Um, or I guess it's Augusta, technically, in Georgia. Uh, second round TKO to punches. Arlene Blinko over Diana Silva. Third round TKO. Johnny Eblen uh, knocks off Travis Davis by unanimous decision. The undercard, uh, not a whole lot of uh, recognizable names here. Saeed Salma, uh, first round TKO over uh, Hani Marcus. There, That's a guy that's really fallen uh, far since his UFC days. Uh, and then uh, their, their big prospects all won. Cody Law stays undefeated. Uh, Diana Avsarigova. Av- uh, stays undefeated. Uh, those those are the guys that they were they were looking to win, and, and they pulled it off. So uh, we'll go around the horn here, guys. Uh, any reactions to Bellator 262? We'll keep it brief, and then we'll move on to round number two. We'll go to Justin to start. Man, not a whole lot for me. I think, uh, you know, the, the Tyrell Fortune, Matt Mitrione thing, you know, I, I think Matt's up there in age now. You know, he's been around for a long time. I, I don't know if he goes anywhere else from this. Like you said, Bellator let him go. They released a lot of people uh, here recently, and Mitrione's one of them to get the axe, uh, which doesn't necessarily surprise me. But, you know, Bellator is all about those old cats with a little bit of a name. Um, so maybe it was a Mitrione decision. I'm not sure. But uh, Tyrell Fortune, you know, getting back in the win column. Uh, I think he won his last one. But, uh, you know, he's a guy that they're they're really promoting at heavyweight as well. And so it's good for him to get that name under his belt. Um the champ barely holds on to it, like you said. Uh, it was a pretty close fight. Um, 
other than that, man, Cody Laws looked good. Uh, didn't have anything else that really stood out to me on on the card. Torres, you uh, you know, you you keep up with the heavyweights and especially the heavyweights that can wrestle. Uh, your take on this Tyrell Fortune, man? Is he the real deal? I don't know if I'm sold on him. Still, he's obviously talented, but uh, I still don't know that he he has just that uh, that signature win I want to see from him yet. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, you know, getting a win over Matt Metrion, I mean, I, you would think uh, that would be something big for him. But, he, uh, you know, he's still growing, you know, at least, you know, being 11-1, you know, having a really good uh, resume so far. You know, a lot of his wins have come, you know, some, like he fought Jack May twice. I know one was a uh, no contest, but... Like you say, he really haven't really fought anybody necessarily. He's a really good wrestler. Uh, he looks really good when he gets on top. You know, his ground and pound is big time. It looks like his uh, jiu-jitsu is starting to come over. But uh, I, I will say he is going to start getting forced amongst the big boys now, you know, the top-ranked guys. And I think he will uh, have a better share. Uh, you will really see what he's truly made of in that, in that part of the area. But... He do need a signature win. I think Matt Metrion would have been a good one, but since Matt was already on what four or five uh, fight losing streak, yeah, four four in a row already. Yeah, so yeah, I yeah, I, I think he he'll have to need a bigger win than that really to staple his name in that Bellator scene amongst the big heavyweight. Jeff, wrap us up here on round number one. You keeping up with this Bellator shit or no? Not really. It wasn't. <clears throat> it definitely wasn't sexy enough to get my attention the night it aired. I recorded it and uh, waited until the next day, kind of read the results, and then looked back at the results to see which ones I might want to watch. Um, I did catch the Mitrion fight. Um, like you said, I mean, it's three state losses in a, in a no contest, but really, you know, four losses in a no contest in his last five. It, uh, I think they're done with him, and I don't know where else he goes. I don't know. Maybe he, uh, maybe he looked good sitting next to Vince Ferrara on a commentary. I, I, you know, maybe, maybe he needs a job. Maybe we can set him, prop him up next to Vince, and get a com- <laughs> get some commentary out of him. But man, it's just, it's just something about Bellator right now. It, it does nothing for me. Um, I, I see my. I, I usually find myself more so after the fact going back and watching fights that I heard were good or delivered and then going back and watching them, you know, after the fact, but there is just nothing really catching my eye on a, on a weekend night to, um, to, to watch it live. Right on, right on. That'll wrap up uh, the uh, first round of conversation here. Bellator 262 in the books. Uh, looks like they have an off week this week, so no Bellator this week. And that'll bring us into round number two. It's Josiah Newton getting ready to uh, main event. Uh, first ever main event, first ever title fight uh, in the MMA world for Josiah Newton. And he's joining us, getting ready uh, to take on Samaj Portis, challenging for his welterweight championship. Uh, Josiah, how's it going, buddy? <laughs> It's going great. Fight camp is going very smoothly. We've been putting in a lot of work here at Hobbs JW, just getting prepared for everything. Awesome, man. Well, I wanted to take this time to, to kind of introduce you to our to our audience out there. You know, you're, you're a young buck on the scene. Uh, we've been bragging on you here uh, on the Valor Hour over the, the past few weeks, but wanted to kind of hear it from the horse's mouth uh, yourself uh, before we kind of jump into, uh, you know, this fight coming up and, and that type of stuff. It, you would just kind of give our listeners a, a bit of a background, uh, just a catch up, if you will, on, you know, uh, you know, how you got into MMA, your athletic background, any sort of, uh, you know, sports that you, you came up playing 
plan that kind of have led you towards, uh, you know, where you are now? All right. So whenever I was younger, I grew up on a horse farm. Um, so we were always doing something, whether it was running through the woods or riding horses, taming horses, all that stuff. I met my coach. He was at my church. Um, whenever I was 11 years old and my dad, he wouldn't let me join until my coach Hobbs would let me into the adult class because he didn't want me just playing games. He wanted me to start going for real if I was going to do it. So at 11, uh, Hobbs agreed to let me in the adult class. So we've just been training with Hobbs since then going against adults. Um, I'm two and one in kickboxing. Hobbs has led me to, uh, two East coast championships and, uh, a silver in the world classic down in Orlando, Florida. Um, but yeah, we got a couple of state championships in jujitsu and stuff like that. But really, I've just been focused on MMA my whole life. Hey, you know, we talk about that a lot on here. These guys that uh, that really um, have got such a leg up because they're starting all around MMA training at such a young age, even before they're able to fight. Whereas, you know, the, your first kind of uh, a tier of fighters that, that came through, uh, you know, a lot of them, either you know, maybe they wrestled uh, or maybe they had a BJJ background or a boxing background. But but they really didn't just start training MMA from the rip. And now we're seeing more and more of these young bucks that have that's all they've really trained is MMA from such a young age. So and I think it shows out there in the cage is like this new, next generation of guys is uh, just that whole new level of talent. Uh, would you say that obviously I think that they, it goes without saying uh, being being uh, training now for seven plus years uh, going into your fights and still at such a young age has got to be a big a big leg up. Absolutely. Everyone I seem to meet. They just tell me that they wish they would have started MMA earlier. And I was fortunate enough to be put in the program at a young age. Um, I, I feel like Roy McDonald kind of started it um, with starting training MMA at a young age and going through the rankings there. And I'm hoping to follow his footsteps and have a better career. So, you know, you're you're going into your second fight. The first time out, uh, it, you you fought against James Pruitt. We saw it very recently, uh, as it was at the Cotton Eye Joe. Now, uh, I thought that this this was a fight that kind of perked my interest up because you know it was a pretty highly anticipated debut for you, and you're going in there against a guy that, although it was his debut as well, he was also a BJJ brown belt. So, and you you didn't you didn't bat an eye at that. You know, you're like, what rank is he? And I asked, and I'm like, he's brown belt. And you're like, okay, cool. Like not many guys are going to jump in there. You know, cause I have a hard enough time matching like black belt guys that are debuts. So I didn't think a brown belt would be that easy for me to, uh, you know, to work something out. And you, you were all about it, man. So that tells me you're very confident in your training, stepping in there for the first time uh, in the cage against a guy that, uh, you know, having a brown belt would mean he's probably trained just as long as you have, if not longer. Yes, sir. I was I did some research on him. I found a couple of Instagram pictures like whenever I was 13, he was already a purple belt. Um, wow. So it was exciting to get out there and test my skills against him. I'm very confident in my coaching staff, though, like Hobbs is going to get me through whatever y'all throw at me, I believe. And we'll have a game plan for it. So far, you guys undefeated out of that gym. Uh, no one, no one has taken an L yet. Uh, you know, so there is. That's obviously a, an awesome, uh, you know, an awesome start to uh, to everyone's career over there. Does that put any extra kind of uh, unsaid pressure on your shoulders not to be the first? 
Not at all, sir. Um, we're just going out there and performing like we perform in the gym, and that's all, all we can ask. We go out there, and we know we've prepared our best, so it doesn't matter a win or a loss. It's all experience. Yeah, very, very wisely spoken, man. You know, you know, you showed off your striking techniques uh, in the the first MMA fight you had versus Pruitt. You got a got a nice uh, TKO there. Uh, you know, nice combinations, uh, putting stuff together, quick hands, quick feet. Uh, is that what is that the style of fight that that you want to fight? You want to be able to go out there and strike if you have your if you have your preference. Obviously, you know, it's an MMA fight. You've been training MMA. I know you're a, a versed grappler as well. But if you had to choose, uh, is it are you, would you fancy yourself? Uh, more a striker or a grappler? Um, I kind I like striking, but I mean, we're we're training for every situation. But yeah, I, I prefer the striking matchups. Um, it makes for a fun fight. The fans like to see it. Um, I I, I feel it's pretty enjoyable to get out there and with my kickboxing background, being confident. Yeah, no doubt. So let's talk about uh, let's talk about this one coming up, man. We've got uh, we've got Samaj Portis on the horizon. He is the reigning 170 champ, knocked off Carter Beekman to, to win that belt a few months back. And uh, actually, it's been it's been several months back. So, uh, you know, he's been training, getting ready to, to defend this title. He was originally supposed to defend it a, a month or two ago. And and that uh, kind of fell apart. So now, you know, he, he was set to defend here. And, and I was kind of racking my brain like, man, I need to come up with a good challenger here for Samaj because, you know, he's undefeated. He's been beating guys, finishing guys for the most part. And I just really didn't, uh, couldn't come up with a better option than you. And that's not to belittle you at all. It was just like, man, Josiah, I think is going to be a guy. If, if all the hype on this kid that I've been hearing is, uh, is legit, then Josiah is going to give him, you know, the test that, that everybody wants to see. It's a main event level fight. And so I was like, man, I don't know. Josiah's going to take this on his second fight though, because Josiah uh, or rather uh, Samaj has already had four fights. And so, uh, you know, you, you talked it over with your coaches. You came back he said let's do it and i was like man we got us we got us a firefight on our hands here because you know somebody's always got to go both you guys are in great shape both you guys uh have got you know great power both you guys can wrestle both you guys can grapple talk a little bit about this matchup with uh samaj portis coming up here in just about uh two and a half weeks i'm excited to go out there and showcase um my skills against a real tough opponent um but we're still going in there confident with our preparation um he's he's a pretty sound opponent i believe he's got a little bit better wrestling than james um so we're we're excited for that different challenge in this different matchup um but i feel we have the skill set to walk out with the same result i love it man both you guys very confident i just saw um I just saw Samaj actually last week in the, at the Nashville show at the underground. And, uh, you know, he's, uh, he's excited for this fight and I know both you guys are really going to bring it. So I'm, I'm pumped for that as our main event. Uh, let's, let's talk about, uh, let's talk about your training camp, man. Like, that we've all just kind of been uh, talking on the on the podcast here for the past couple months. Like, hey, man, this this Hobbs JW group, man, they really they're really kind of coming on the scene. They're 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 tough. They're they're very solid, skilled guys, and uh, great to work with. And and they're coming in here and they're getting wins. Like, where these guys come from? So, uh, you know, I'll give you some. I'm going to give some props to your gym, man. Give us some backstory on uh, on Hobbs uh, JW and uh, and just kind of what you guys got going on there. Um, so we've been training here. Uh, we started when we start. Hobbs? We started in 2011. Um, and we've just grown ever since my coach, he came up in a kickboxing background and then he trained around in TriStar and went to Jackson Wink and lived out there for 
many years um, and came back to North Carolina and Mike Winkle John signed off and we're the first affiliate Jackson Wink gym uh, in the US. Um, so now we're just taking leadership from Hobbs and he, he's running the camp. Uh, pretty much all the credit goes to him and his game planning, man. He's, he's a freaking mastermind and we're going to, we're going to show that throughout our careers. He's built us from the ground up. Me, Cody, Vincent, um, Coggins, Troy, he's built us. He's taught us everything he knows. Um, and everything we know. So we're excited to just go out there and prove um, and build his name. Now you've got a uh, teammate on this card, of course, Cody Noel, who was the 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 first uh, guy to kind of to kind of come through uh, through Valor anyway, and kind of you know, get our attention. I was like, man, this these guys, these guys are pretty good. You know, this uh, this Cody Noel guy is you know he's put together. He's good size. Uh, he's good size uh, one thirty five, and and just very uh, you know very poised out there. I remember noting. Uh, talk a little about your, your teammate Cody Noel. He's going to be competing on this card with you. Uh, a few fights before you. Uh, he's going to be uh, taking on uh, Josh Delgadillo, who we just saw get a big win over Q2 in Nashville. So uh, we just saw him. We know he's good too. And that, that fight has got me uh, really kind of salivating as well. But talk a little bit about your teammate, Cody. Cody, he is a dang good striker. And his ground is getting better every freaking day. He's, he's just a real solid, great training partner. He's pushed me since I was 11. Uh, he's been training longer than I have. Um, he's just real put together. Um, I, I'm excited for his career it's going to be a big one um he's going to go out there and surprise a lot of people how well he does i I believe you got a future champ on your hands with cody for sure i'm very excited man for uh for what the future holds for you and and your teammates uh definitely been uh, very impressed with you on on these valor cards and uh before i before i wrap this up man i want to let you uh give some shout outs where they're due uh any friends family training partner sponsors you want to give some love to i'll let you do that and then just some uh closing some parting thoughts on uh on on why people need to tune in to this main event uh coming up on august the 6th Absolutely. Well, Tristan Scarborough, he's moved down here. He's started training with me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tristan, we've had Tristan on here uh, before. Yeah, he's 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 really freaking good. Um, we're really excited to add him to the camp. I I love having him as part of the team. He's just a real cool guy. Um, we're we're excited to build on his skill set. He's given us some good looks. Um, I I love having him around. Uh, Vincent. He's he's been there since I started. Um, he's he's gonna be uh, hopefully fine for y'all again soon. Uh, uh, Cody, he's fighting on the card. We got Troy, hopefully coming in again soon. Um, AJ Cisco, he's been uh, with me since I was fifteen. He's a Bellator fighter. He's been kind of uh, he's our head grappling coach here. Uh, he's been working with me a lot. Um, it's just all around we got got a good team here and we just haven't broke out yet but i feel like we're starting to um and obviously i wouldn't be anywhere without god uh that's what my whole career i want to bring glory to him so just he is he's all i'm doing it for once again hey josiah josiah oh yeah go ahead torres hey hey this is torres i wanted to say what's up to you bro i'm excited to see hey man how you doing I'm good, man. I'm excited to see you fight on this upcoming card. Uh, 
You know, this is a big time one seventy fight for uh, you know you going against uh, Samaj. So one thing I was going to ask, you know, you know how how often have you been wrestling? I see you in wrestling. <laughs> we wrestle. I, I get something in every day. Wrestling. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I'm about to say I see you with Trish. You know, me and Tristan still stay in contact with each other a lot. And uh, you know, he told me he said you're a phenomenal athlete, man. He said you're. Really good striker, so I'm excited to see you fight once again. You know, we only got a glimpse of it. You know, even though you won your first fight, we only got a glimpse of it. So excited to see uh, what you bring to the table uh, next week. So, yes, sir. A lot of my friends they were like, "Dang, I want a refund. Your fight was too short." So we're gonna <laughs> give them some more content. I don't, I can't promise it'll last any longer, but right, we'll give them more content. Hey, well, while we're all on, while we're all jumping in here, uh, Josiah, this is Jeff Hobbs, your ring announcer. Um, I'm fully expecting with the last name Hobbs, one of these Hobbs JW shirts. So, um, yes, sir. I'm a two, <laughs> tell, tell coach I'm a two XL because I've been lifting a little. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I need to be sporting that around here in Tennessee. Absolutely, we can make that happen. <laughs> well, hey, we appreciate the time, my man. Uh, it's going to be uh, it's going to be great main event here in just a few weeks uh, going for uh, that 170 championship. Best of luck, brother. And uh, we will see you here in just a couple weeks. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. All right. That has been Josiah Newton getting ready to main event. Uh, August the 6th against Samaj Portis from the world famous Cotton Eye Joe. He'll be going for that 170 strap. And uh, it's definitely not one you want to miss. If you want to come check it out live in person, you can get your tickets at fightertickswithanx.com. Make sure you select Josiah from the drop down menu. And then uh, if you can't be there live, you can watch it, all the action at, uh, at vfcmma.com. You'll get the link on our social media. Thanks so much to Josiah Newton for joining us. We'll go around the horn real quick, get reactions to that interview and uh, your uh, thoughts on this upcoming. Coming, uh, this upcoming fight uh, in the main event here, August the 6th against Samaj Portis. Justin, uh, can't say too much there, but uh, at the very least, uh, very impressive young man. Yeah, man, to be 19 years old, he's well-spoken. Um, he, you know, obviously he's been training for a long time. We've seen Samaj a lot. Um, I'm expecting it to be a great fight, man. These are, these are two high-level amateurs um, going for a title, and I expect fireworks. Jeff Hobbs, uh, you've seen both these guys in action. Uh, been uh, complimentary of both. This should be a, a worthy title fight, I think, even at only at the young uh, at the young record of one and up. Yeah, uh, you know, a lot of people, you know, would look at that and say, "What are you doing giving this kid to to this kid?" It's not about the title fight. It's this is who was offered, and and I'm just fighting. You know, it, and just so happens that it's for a title. He's a very aware young man. You can tell. Uh, not buying into, you know, too much hype uh, and just doing what he wants to do. And that's fight and taking the fights that are presented to him. Um, you know, just again, kids only want to know as an amateur is, you know, there's still so much future uh, ahead of him. But he's, uh, you know, one of these good looking young kids that has been training a long time and, um and, you know, just a, a true prospect that kind of gets you excited about what may be, uh, you know, maybe coming ahead for the guy. But he's got a tall order in front of him. Samaj Portis uh, is no gift for anybody. Um, you know, this is a tall task in front of him. And he will truly find out where he's at in his training uh, with this opponent standing across from him. So I'm, I'm excited. 
Torres wrap us up here on round number two. Uh, you, you've called both of these guys' fights from commentary. You'll be there uh, to do it once again, and it's uh, it's definitely an exciting one, man. Samaj is a guy that, uh, you know, that team is coming off of the, you know, they're riding high coming off a win at the underground, so both these teams are kind of coming in hot. Yeah, um, you're big on that because um, not only that, I mean, I think we got two Ohios versus uh, Jackson. Um, Wink, I think the uh, is yeah. Cody Noel going against uh, one of the teammates of Samaj? Yeah, Delgadillo, who just that's won. Right. So we got two two battles between those teams. Yeah, that's right. See, that's that's a that's a big time matchup as well. But uh, overall, Josiah, man, yes, yeah, heard a lot of good things from him. Not only uh, uh, now, you know, Trishan has been telling me he said Josiah is a beast, man. He's like, you know, it's going to be a really good matchup between him and. Uh, him and Samaj, and I'm re- I'm really excited for this matchup, man, because I know you know Samaj, is, you know he's big, he's a big 170, and uh, he comes hard. Um, it's gonna be really interesting to see, you know, how Josiah Newton, you know, being the, at age of 19, coming into this fight, going against a guy with a lot of experience and is the champion. You know, I know Josiah got a lot of kickboxing experience, but it's gonna be really interesting to see how that experience will translate to the cage. You know, so uh, um, I'm I'm really excited for this matchup. It's going to be fireworks, and I cannot wait to next week. And that will wrap us up for round number two as we head into round number three. It is a uh, recap of the UFC Vegas 31 card as the UFC was back at the Apex Center uh, this past Saturday uh, on ESPN+. Plus. We had a main event with Islam Makachev uh, with uh, a late submission, fourth round submission win over Tiago Moises. And that was uh, that was a, a fight that, you know, the odds had him uh, heavily favored, and, and he pretty much dominated. I did think that Moises may be able to last the rounds with him, but uh, just the pressure, I guess, was just too much. Uh, a little surprised to see him get the sub there, honestly, but a really good win uh, for Makachev. We also saw Misha Tate make her return after being gone several years, and uh, she came in and dominated Marion Renault. And uh, another fight where uh, – I really didn't expect her to get the finish. I thought that Renault was going to be able to to kind of grit that one out, and uh, and she succumbed late uh, to the pressure uh, once again. Uh, that was uh, the the main event and the co-main event for that card, and then uh, of course the uh, the feature bout on this one uh, on on the main card, as it were. Uh, that one was uh, featured uh, Matush Gamrot, uh, a guy who uh, we just saw beat uh, Scott Hot, Hot Sauce Holtzman, uh, come back and, and beat Jeremy Stevens uh, in just a, over a minute. Uh, took him down and just subbed him effortlessly. Almost Gamrot is the real deal, man. That's that guy's uh, super prospect. Uh, Hadolfo Vieira uh, bounces back from a poor showing in his last one to get a uh, rear naked choke over Dustin Stoltzfus. Billy Quarantillo, Billy Q with a little bit of an upset over Gabriel Benitez. I lost some money on that one. Third round TKO. Uh, Daniel Rodriguez victorious. Amanda Limos uh, with a 35 second knockout going backwards against Montserrat Ruiz. That was a big mismatch. Uh, Sergey Morozov upsets Khalid Taha by decision. Malcolm Gordon upsets Francisco Ferreiro by decision. Figueredo by decision. And he's definitely not as good as his brother. He's not. He's not very good at all. Uh, and then uh, Rodrigo Nascimento, uh, second round TK over Alan Bodo. Uh, the Miles Johns Anderson Dos Santos fight canceled at the last minute because of COVID. Uh, overall thoughts? Anything? Uh, anybody take away from this card? A little nondescript as far as star power goes, but I guess you know Misha Tate's back on the scene. I guess that gives us somebody to, to kind of promote as a 
potential challenger coming up the ranks. And then uh, Makachev is uh, he's the real deal. I think that he's going to be catapulting up the ranks fairly quickly. We'll go around the horn and we'll go to uh, Torres first. Yes. Uh, oh, man. Yes. I really uh, saw some, you know, good things in this card. First thing I'm going to go over is like uh, Islam Makachev. Uh, I know how they want to compare him a lot to Habib and how they say he's, uh, you know, according to Daniel Cormier, he says, you know, Islam is a better wrestler. Not saying he's a better grappler overall, but in the, just the wrestling aspect, he's a better wrestler than Habib. Um, and I mean, I will say it looked like Islam, you know, striking is a little bit better than Habib at the early point of his career. You know, Islam does look crisp, uh, but I just don't think he does enough on top. You know, you know, Habib was like always attacking for submission. The ground and pound was nasty. It's like just Islam, you know, he settles, you know, he know he got really, really good pressure and he really don't necessarily like to put himself in danger, so he just slowly go for things. And I just think like the smash of Habib is completely different to, from what Islam was doing. I, th- I do think Islam, you know, they just came out of the new UFC rankings. He is ranked number five. I do believe now that uh, he he will be getting that big time fight. It could be Benil Darouche. It could be Tony Ferguson. Um, I don't know if he'll fight Hooker, um, even though they've been talking trash. But I think it'll be either a Ferguson or Benil Darouche next, and. I think he beats either one of those guys, and it, it just changes. But uh, it's going to be really interesting to see how that uh, lightweight division go. Then Misha Tate. Misha Tate was fun to watch. Uh, for her to come back, you know, she looked good against Renee, uh, Renault. Uh, nine to pound of her. She just put her – I think she's ranked eighth now in her division now. So uh, Misha Tate, you know, come back. She'll probably get a top rank opponent. I don't know if she's garnered for that right now. I don't know if she need a hard fight like that yet, but – We'll see how she comes back uh, in her next fight. So it was happy to see her. And uh, one thing I, I saw in the prelims was uh, the Malcolm Gordon against Francisco Figueroa. That was really interesting on that matchup. I was a little bit shocked Malcolm Gordon beat him. But, you know, he looked he looked pretty good. But overall, that was a pretty decent card. So wasn't bad. All right, uh, Jeff Hobbs. Yeah, um, <clears throat> uh, you know, card was pretty good. Like you said, not a lot of star power, but a lot of interesting things on the card. Um, I do love the idea of Benil and Islam. I think that fight would be really good um, and just dirty, grimy. Uh, would love to see who comes out the other end. I don't think it's that much of a slam dunk to pick Islam over Benil, um, but it'd be a good fight. Uh, Tate looked good because, you know, shit, Tate looks good. Um <laughs> uh, but I, I, I do think she needs to jump in there because, I, you know, she's already retired once. She's not getting any younger. I don't think she's in this for the long run. She made it perfectly clear she's coming for a title shot and, and a belt. So whatever's going to get her there fastest, because I just don't think she's going to have the staying power or wants to stay around for, you know, another couple of years or a few years uh, chasing, um, you know, spot by spot on the top 10 until she gets there. Uh, the Holly Home thing seems. Uh, a little interesting, maybe, but it, to me, it feels more like home being the desperate one trying to jump on Tate's, um, you know, return and and the camera being on her. So I don't know how I feel about that fight. Uh, Game Rot was that. I mean, that was a surprising fight for me. And just you know, Jeremy Stevens is the guy. He's he's his bark is so good, but sometimes you know. Shit just don't work out for him, and, and Gamrot really looked good. 
What I find more laughable and interesting is after the loss, just immediately looking for something to latch onto, and Stevens going straight after the easy target, which would be Connor. Um, and I got to feel that that's because Jeremy just doesn't know what what could possibly even be next for him. So, um, but I mean, hell, Connor's supposed to be out for over a year now, maybe. Um, so who knows what's going to become of that? But you know, all in all, the whole card for me just kind of boils down to those last three fights of the night. Um, that's what interested me the most, and that's what I paid most attention to. Justin Watson, wrap us up on round three. Yeah, I mean, uh, Islam looks good um, against the number 14-ranked guy in the world. To be ranked number five at this point and still hasn't fought or beaten anybody in the top ten is just kind of wild to me. I feel like he has to fight somebody like Dan Hooker, somebody in the seven, eight, nine range. Um, but – Benil's a good matchup, too. I mean, ben, the only one that Benil's beaten in the top 10, I think, is uh, Ferguson. So I think Benil is one of the tougher matchups for him. Um, but Islam's good, man. There, there's no denying it. But I'm just ready to see him actually fight somebody, you know, that, that we already know is on the level and can can take the damage and keep coming and, um, you know, somebody that can wrestle. I don't know why he hasn't fought. You know, he was scheduled to fight uh, RDA. He missed. He couldn't make the fight. RDA ended up fighting Felder, and then he calls out Felder when Felder got beat. You know, instead of fighting RDA. So um, I don't know. I, th- I think that'd be a good matchup, or uh, or Benio, either one. Um, it was a great win for Misha Tate. You know, coming back like that. Obviously, Marion Renault's on a three or four fight losing streak going into the fight, but still somebody who, you know, a very recognizable name. You know, a pioneer in the sport. She's. 44 years old, so it was a pretty safe fight for Misha to take uh, coming off of such a layoff. Uh, and then to get a finish over Renault, who's who's never been finished before, makes another statement. Um, you know, so interested to see where they go with her next. It's going to be somebody in the top five for sure. Um, she she wants to chase the title, and I'm looking forward to seeing seeing where it goes for her. She's, she's got a dog in her, and she knows how to fight. Um, Jeremy Stevens is definitely not getting Conor McGregor next. Uh, Gamrot wasted no time. You know, as soon as he saw an opportunity, he snatched up that Kimura and, uh, you know, submits Jeremy Stevens. And why not? I mean, you know, why waste time when you got somebody like Jeremy Stevens and they're trying to take your head off? So uh, it was a big win for him. Um, he, you know, he's, he's probably going to be moving up the ladder. Why not? You know, m- he's probably – it, you know, bust into the top 15. I, don't, I haven't seen the rankings, but I would say he's in the top 15 now. So uh, another guy that, you know, maybe looking somewhere in the 11 or 12 range uh, coming off of that. Uh, the biggest performance of the night for me was Billy Quarantillo. He was just faster, beating Gabriel Benitez to the punch. Benitez is a, is a fantastic boxer, a lot of power, but Billy Q was, was just faster. He was, you know, putting a lot of power behind the shots also, and the volume ultimately is what what did it in, uh, and he gets the, the third round stoppage over Benitez, and you know he was an underdog, and um, but he improves and looked great doing it. Uh, the two others that that really stood out, or three others that really stood out to me, were uh, Morozov looked outstanding. Lemos is a girl who's you know going to fly up into the top of the strawweight division. There's not anybody in the division that you know anyway, so um, she'll probably be getting a a decently recognizable name off of that win. Um, and Daniel Rodriguez moves to five and one uh, in the UFC. He's a guy that, you know, I think that uh, he was maybe may been a little overlooked when he got here, 
um, you know, came in 10 and one or something like that. Didn't have a very big record and, um, he's gotten past some pretty tough dudes. So, uh, looking forward to seeing what's, what's next for Daniel Rodriguez as well. All right, that will wrap up round number three, UFC Vegas 31 in the books. Joining us for round number four, we've got uh, the 170 champ uh, joining us now, Greg Hopkins, uh, jumping in here for the rest of the show. Greg, how's it going, my man? It's going good. It's hot down here in Georgia right now. I'm, I'm glad to be with y'all right now and be talking about some UFC. <laughs> well, that brings us into round number four here. A look ahead at this weekend's UFC fight night, uh, Vegas, number 32 from the Apex Center. And uh, I guess the word is they're going to start letting fans into these Apex shows. And it's smart, really smart as hell, because they're kind of treating it as like this VIP experience. So, I'm, you know, it's a limited capacity venue and I'm sure every ticket is super expensive, but still would be a very cool uh, kind of bucket list thing I would think to check off eventually is to to check out one of those uh, intimate shows like that with, you know, such high level talent when such a, with such a small crowd. So, uh, well, uh, this, this card, uh, a little more, uh, a little more enticing, I think, uh, compared to last week's a little bit more star power here, main event, a good one. Corey Sandhagen takes on uh, the returning TJ Dillashaw. That is uh, obviously the fight that is uh, carrying this card, but also we got Aspen Ladd versus Macy Chasen in the co-main event, Kyler Phillips and Julian Paiva, who moves up from 125, interestingly enough there, uh, to 35, Darren Elkins, Derek Minner, Macy Barber, Murray, and Maverick. That's a pretty good little fight. Mickey Gall takes on Jordan Williams. Puna Haley Soriano takes on Brendan Allen, an old friend of Valor there, former champ. Uh, Ian Heinish takes on Nazardine Imavov uh, on the prelims, as well as Adrian Yanez, Randy Costa, Julio Arce, Andre Yule, Sajara Eubanks, Elise Reed, and then another female fight. Lots of females on this card. Diana Belbita versus Hannah Goldie in some low-level strawweight action. Uh, overall thoughts on this card, guys. Any Anything stand out to you as uh, betting-worthy or just overall interest that, uh, you know, must-see type fights or, or predictions here? We'll go around the horn and we'll, get, uh, yeah, we'll let Greg start us off since he's just just joining us. Uh, yeah, let's do that. Uh, just uh, the, the card overall, I'm more excited about this one than I was last week, uh, even though we did, you know, did all right last week. But uh, you got a lot, uh, a lot more matchups on this card here that uh, they're more intriguing. Like, you know, your Mickey Gall and Jordan Williams fights, you know, I could see Jordan Williams probably getting a finish over Mickey Gall there. And, you know, uh, another one I like is John Ez. I like Eubanks here over Reed right here, even though, I don't know, man, Eubanks is a 500 fighter against at least Reed right here. Another one, just to start off the card, I'll be on right here is uh, Deanna Belbita. Now, Hannah Goldie is going to look good on the scale. She's going to be cut up and shredded up. But again, man, she ain't the light. I mean, it's like four foot nothing. There's not a whole lot of whole lot of whole lot there for her, you know. And she's coming up against, like you said, a low level. But I think that Deanna's a little bit a uh, little bit uh, higher on the chopping block right there. She's ranked 68th in the in the in the worldwide, whereas Hannah Goldie's ranked 107th. It's just a little mismatch that I can see. And I think Belbita is like. Uh, I think she's like minus 105. It's almost an even fight or minus 150 or something. Uh, I don't usually like to fade Brandon Allen, uh, and I'm not going to fade him here. I'll probably have him on some DK lineups, but uh, Soriano is probably somebody who I'll be uh, maybe putting on the books here over Brandon Allen. Uh, another one, Macy Barber, you know, last couple times out, but, you know, she's, you know, not really uh, – perform to her best and i kind of like miranda maverick a little bit uh you know i mean after you know alexa grosso and uh, uh roxanne monteferry were 
to defeat Macy Barber, I kind of think a little, not a little less of her, but I don't think she's up to the like elite level, nor do I think Miranda Maverick is, but I think that we have a good match and I think uh, Maverick can edge that one out. I'm usually on some uh, Pava up there, but I'm probably going to go with Kyler Phillips on this one and uh, probably put him in a few parlay pieces and see if I can't get him. Uh, I like Aspen Ladd over Macy Tisson, but uh, we'll see about that when I could change my mind. Uh, and the main event, man, Corey Sanhagen and TJ Dillashaw. If you go and look at Corey Sanhagen's uh, resume, he's got, you know, crazy amount of knockouts and whatnot. But, you know, he's got that one loss, Algerman Sterling, on his record. And it's a rear naked choke loss, but I think he's well on his way back to uh, maybe getting a chance at uh, Algerman Sterling again. But he does have to get to TJ Dillashaw. Overall, I like Corey Sanhagen just because, uh, you know, TJ Dillashaw is coming off of the, uh, you know, his, 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 uh, his little vacation for his band substance usage and whatnot, his performance enhancers. And, uh, Corey Sanhagen, you know, he's got that knockout over, over, uh, help me out here. What, uh, he was, he just need in the face. He just need him right there. Uh, Frankie Egg, I couldn't think. Frankie Egger need him in the face. Just spectacular. But he, he, he did, he did is I think head and shoulders above the competition of who Corey Sanhagen's been fighting lately, you know, Aljamain Sterling, you know, aside. But I think that this is going to be a tough test for Corey. I think he still wins this fight via decision. But with TJ Dillashaw being $7,400 on uh, DraftKings, you best believe I'm going to have him in a lot of lineups because that man's going to score 7400 worth of, of points there. Other than that, man, uh, I like Andre Uhl, uh, Yanez. Ian Hines, there's a lot of uh, prop bets on this on this whole card that that are that pay out really well. If you pick out the right prop bets and really look into them, you're looking at like plus three thousand, plus four thousand on some bets that you would just think that is totally mismatched and it's worth dropping a you know a five or a tenner on it and getting back forty or twenty to forty bucks off. All right, let's go to uh, we'll go to Hobbs. Yeah, I haven't bet anything in a long time, so I'm out of the the, the betting loop. Um, but it's only been because I've just been busy. So, you know, who knows? This one may be the one that uh, brings me back, uh, Tim, and we sit and just text all night while we're <laughs> either winning money or losing money, one of the two. But, you know, as far as interest, how can you not be excited about this main event, man? The return of TJ Dillashaw, um, you know, he was on top of the world, on top of his game, regardless of the loss of the title. Um, you know, this this cat was on pace to be, you know, one of the best ever. And, you know, the fall from grace happened. Um, so how can you not just be intrigued by his return? You know, uh, what will this T.J. Dillashaw look like? What will a clean T.J. Dillashaw look like? Now, mind you, he was he was popped for EPO, which is, you know, more of a um, – you know, correct me if I'm wrong, Tim – more of a, a, a cardio-type, lung-opening uh, type performance-enhancing. It, it wasn't like he was – you know, straight up on test or anything, uh, still cheating, chill, still, uh, illegal. Um, but it seemed to me like it was a drug that was more for, um, you know, almost help you more towards the cardio part of things. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, how he comes back. Um, you know, I, I, I don't think he, again, he's not been sitting at home for three years, two years. Uh, he wasn't banned from the gym. So I'm sure he's, you know, been putting in his rounds and, and is 100% ready to go. But um, this is an awesome fight. And, you know, I always complain about whether a card is sexy enough to get me to watch it. And th that main event is. 
Um, I really am interested in the Maverick Barber fight because these two cats, yeah, they may not be uh, top five in the world, but they are pretty equal on where they're at in their careers right now. And uh, both young up and coming girls with, you know, fairly small records in the big scheme of things. Um, yeah, Barber's, you know, hit some lumps and bumps in the road here recently, but I mean, she got thrown out there pretty quick. Um, and I think Miranda is uh, more on the same uh, pace that she's at right now or, or place in their career. So that one really excites me. Um, you know, and, and I think Justin touched on it, you know, earlier in the day, just again, how weird it is to see. It's been a long time since we've seen this many female fights on a card. So, um, they always, you know, show out. I'm interested in the female fights on here. Um, so, you know, that's kind of what I'm looking at more than anything. Uh, just a small history with Derek Minner, uh, you know, back from the RFA days when he fought Luke Sanders. So I always kind of watch him and see where he's headed and, and what he's doing. But, uh, Elkins is, uh, Elkins is a tough dude for him to be in there with. Um, but I don't know, man, I'm, I'm, I'm going to sharpen up on my, on my bets this weekend and see what's out there. And I'll probably dip my toe a little bit in it. Torres, what, uh, what's got your attention on this one? Well, I mean, obviously the main event, uh, you know, looking at, uh, Corey Sanhagen and TJ Dillashaw, uh, that, that, that's a big time matchup in that regards. And, uh, I do believe that Corey Sanhagen can get this win. Um, I think he will be next in line for the title shot after all Jermaine Sterling Young fights for the second time, and um, either gets a rematch with uh, Sterling or he uh, he uh, will fight Peter Young. Um, I think TJ Dillashaw uh, will probably have to get another win before he get that title chance. We do know that uh, TJ hasn't fought in two years, and you know that's last time he fought. You know, you know Henry Cejudo is also you know all time great. Uh, finished him in like one round, you know. So it'll be interesting to see how TJ Dillashaw come back off this layoff. We come back in this fight. Um, uh, Ian Heinzich, uh, I'm excited to see him fight because uh, I remember his last fight, he lost to, uh, was it Gaslam? I believe it was Gaslam. Yeah. He lost to Gaslam. Gaslam just, you know, took him down a lot. And uh, I would like to see if he get back on, on his horses again and, uh, you know, get back in the mix of things for the middleweight division. But uh, those, those are the two main fights. Um, a lot of these guys, I really don't know much. I know Randy Costa um, definitely, you know, We'll watch watch this fight, but uh, besides that, you know, a lot of these guys are a little bit newer to me. So, still, you know, looking at the growth of some of the guys in the UFC. For me personally, uh, if I'm looking at this card, you know, I, I have a hard time fading too many of the favorites on here, with the exception of uh, you know, if you get TJ Dillashaw plus 170, I've got to take a stab at that. I feel like uh, it's still obviously uh, tread lightly because, uh, well, you know, uh, who, who knows what he'll look like after the time off. But, but I think that's very good value. And then the only other underdog I really see to kind of put out there to you guys uh, is actually uh, going against Ian Heinish. I like Nazardine. Imavov uh, at plus money here. I think the the books kind of uh, overvalue Heinish a lot of the times, um, and I think Imavov is probably the, the better fighter here. So those are the two that that kind of stand out to me. The rest of these favorites uh, are honestly, uh, it's hard for me to argue against them being the favorite. Uh, Justin, uh, wrap us up on round four. Yeah, I've been looking forward to, to Dillashaw and Sandhagen for a while. Obviously, we were supposed to get this fight a couple months ago, and Dillashaw had to pull out. Um, you know, like everybody said, he's, he was the best in the world uh, when he went out. So 
that was two and a half years ago. It's going to be interesting to see where his timing is at, where his, uh, where his head's at. You know, um, I think it's kind of nice for him that they are going to be at limited capacity. Obviously, he's going to be the bad guy going into this. That, you know, if, if there was a 20,000 people, they'd be booing him and stuff like that. So is a like kind of dipping his toes back in the water. Um, in that aspect a little bit. So I think that'll, that could do him some favors. Um, TJ Dillashaw is a competitor. You know, I don't think that the time away is, is going to play a factor as far as ring rust or um, him losing his competitive edge at all. These guys have trained together in the past, um, you know, quite a bit. It's been some time. I think Corey Sandhagen was quite a bit younger uh, and a lot more green at the time, but, um, there are some some familiarities. I mean, it, it you know could be a a hell of a fight, or it could be you know one of those just kind of feeling out process the whole time, uh, boring fights. But uh, I'm I think both these guys are, are coming looking for a finish. So uh, hopefully it's hopefully it's a wild one. Um, Macy Macy Chasen and and uh, Aspen Lad I think is going to be an interesting fight. Obviously Aspen Lad's got top notch wrestling. Um, Macy Chasen's long. She has decent submissions, pretty good striking. Uh, so if she can keep it on the feet and keep it at distance, you know, she she has the tools to beat Aspen there, I believe. Um, and then, you know, not not sure how high level uh, her jiu-jitsu is, but, um, you know, on bottom she is long and, and could potentially wrap something up. Uh, also, Miranda, uh, Miranda Maverick and Macy Barber is a hell of a fight. They're not doing Macy Barber any favors. Miranda Maverick is young, and she's an animal. She's not top five or top ten yet, but she's a girl that's going to be a long time in, in the top ten um, in that division once she gets there. Um, and I think fight of the night is probably Adrian Giannis and Randy Costa. Uh, the odds are kind of long on it. I think that the fight's going to be much closer than the odds uh, portray there. Um, so if you like either guy, you know, if you definitely if you like Randy Costa, you should probably jump on him um, at plus 184. All right, that wraps up round number four, moving into round number five. And this may be a quick one here because personally, I'm on uh, the side that's not as uh, educated. But let's get on into round number five, Ultimate Fighter 29. It's going on right now. It looks like they're at about the halfway mark is their semifinals have been decided after this week. Um, is it, are you guys watching? Are you guys keeping up with it? Does the fact that it's on ESPN Plus make this harder to access and therefore a little bit uh, tougher to take in? Or does the fact that you can watch it on demand uh, on ESPN Plus make it easier in that regard if you're already subscribing for, for the UFC stuff? Uh, I'll admit that I have not been able to keep up with it. I've watched the first couple weeks and am now behind several weeks uh but it does look like the southeastern representation uh brian battle and treshawn gore have both won their first rounds and are on to the final four so uh we'll take it around the horn guys ultimate fighter 29 you uh are you watching it are you not watching it any thoughts at all we'll start with uh we'll start with justin Hmm. man i haven't seen the first episode i i canceled my espn plus membership a long time ago and just because it's on there i just and I don't think about it, you know. Uh, I would like to be watching it. I've heard that there were some improvements. I don't think that they have the best two coaches to to really pull out drama and get a lot of viewership. Yeah. Um, but I'm looking forward to the fight at the end for sure. And I know there's a lot of a lot of tough guys uh, in the house, so I'm probably going to end up just waiting until it's all over. You know, wait till the finale is about to happen, and then 
try to get ESPN Plus for a week and and just catch up. the whole thing, yeah, and then then watch the uh, the finale at the end. Torres. Yeah, um, I've been keeping up with some here and there. The only reason I've been keeping up, uh, I went, uh, I, I went to um, the Lima Brothers one time in Atlanta. Me and some guys here, we uh, trained there, and uh, one of the guys there that's on the show is Trayshawn Gore. Um, you know, me and him got some rounds, and we trained together. So I've definitely been keeping my eye on him in that regards. But besides that, I have not been watching. Uh, it, it's not like it used to be. You know, um, it was more of you know, you had two coaches had more of a rivalry between each other. You know, if they did like a Uzman and Covington, you know, that would be exciting. Yeah. To a, uh, you know, who, who there was another candidate they had was it Masvidal and somebody else? Yeah, know? it feels like it was uh, Masvidal was talking about being on there with ah uh, man, I can't remember who it was, but it was good. It would have been good. Maybe it was um, maybe it was Colby. Maybe it yeah, was, it was Colby. Was it Leon? It was Leon Edwards. Might have been, yeah. That would have been okay. They would have nah, about Leon, <laughs> but it it would it would have been exciting, you know, to see some guys. But you know, a little bit animosity between each other, between the two guys. You know, Volkanovski and uh, Ortega. You know, they're having fun. They're pranking. They're playing around. You know, they they really don't have nothing towards each other. Not saying that that has to be on the show, but that's what made uh, the Ultimate Fighter a lot of the times in itself. So. You know, it's not as exciting as it used to be, but, you know, hopefully the growth, you know, with it coming back, because it hadn't it hadn't been on for a long time. So with it coming back, uh, I think they'll get back to the old ways a little bit. But uh, exciting to see. But all I do is watch it. Uh, Trayshawn Gordon. That's all I really watch. And I watch it. So. Hobbs? Nope. I mean, I, I gave it a shot. I watched the whole first episode and just to see if it would grab me. And, and it didn't. Um, for me, it has, you know, hasn't had anything to do with, what channel it's on. Um, I think Justin, you know, was the first one to hit the nail on the head, you know, was, uh, to me, it was the coaches, um, great fighters, not the personalities that I think you wanted to. I mean, when Dana White came out and announced the coaches, uh, he, I think he was more excited of the thought of a fight between them instead yeah. of TV personality of, of the two. And uh, I just don't think they have that. I don't think they have what viewers. And even though Volkanovski, you know, his English is pretty good. I mean, I, there's always just something there when they've had, you know, uh, foreign coaches with, you know, the language. And, you know, it's just uh, it's just not anything gripping. And everything seems, you know, the the stuff I read about the show, because I do read recaps and things like that. It almost feels like it's just kind of manufactured heat between the two because, uh, you know, I just don't think either one has that TV-driven kind of like character um, that's that's good to to bring people in. I I definitely think coming back after that long a layoff, you had to put a Masvidal in there somehow with somebody or a Covington in there if you wanted damn ratings. Uh, that's who you should have put in there for the the big comeback. So, nope. Watch the first episode wasn't enough to bring me back. I'll definitely watch the fight when it happens. Um, but you know, I loved back, you know, when it first started, when your coaches fought, but they fought on the damn finale, you know, sometimes, uh, or, you know, the immediate pay-per-view afterwards, um, I'd, I'd like it to get more back towards kind of the original concept. Greg Hopkins, wrap us up on round five. I mean, nothing's ever going to top the original ultimate fighter. I have not watched one single episode of this season. 
uh, I'm not ashamed of it either. I just haven't had time to watch it. I, I, of course, I'll do the same thing that Justin said. As soon as it comes time, I'm going to probably go and uh, binge watch the episodes and, you know, touch base because, of course, I'm going to gamble on these guys. But, um, yeah, same thing as Jeff said about the coaches. Uh, and uh, I don't like – again, I can't, I can't judge the show because I don't know – uh, who's fighting on this show? Like, I don't know what who the contest, who the who the fighters are and whatnot. You know, I know Trayson Gore is the only one I know right now. Uh, with that being said, you guys are talking about the personnel on the TV show, and if they're looking for fighters to put on their TV show, they need to uh, start looking looking down this area right here because we got a lot of guys with personality. Uh, I'd love to be on that damn show, and I know Feeney would love to be on that damn show once he makes that pro jump. Uh, they they've got plenty of talent. They're just, I don't know. How are I, I'm asking you guys is how are the fights on there, uh, Torres? How are the fights like uh, overall? Um, the fights on there, uh, I'm not gonna lie. Some of them are lackluster. Uh, there's uh, the last one was pretty exciting, you know, but there hasn't been really no, you know, bomb but of a fight like that. Um, uh, I think you know, you know, with it being two rounds, and like when a guy wins the first round, and he really goes hard that second round, but you know, it's only a two round fight. The only reason it'll go yeah. the third round is if the guy don't win in the first two. So it just depends on, you know, the, the styles. But a lot of these guys, you know, nothing really exciting. You know, the only reason why, you know, I'm really watching because I know somebody. You know, nothing really exciting right. on, uh, right. on the ultimate fighter. So, well, you know, I think I that lie, if there was no shot like that, I don't know if I will be watching necessarily. But, you know, he got some really good leg kicks. You know, he throws really yeah. hard leg kicks. But well, you know, I just, besides that, I, I would think that I would, you know, I would think that if there was, uh, if there's something exciting had happened already in the season or was going to happen, there would be more of a promoting factor of that than what I'm seeing on, you know, my Instagram and Facebook and ESPN app. I'm not seeing them promote promote the show for shit, you know. So it must not be that good uh, if they're going right. to how they're going to come out. I mean, if they're if they're going to come not out much. with, you know. If they're going to come out with this, they need to come out with something good. They need to have better coaches. Uh, uh, I mean, they need to have somebody that's going to be excited. Somebody that's going to talk shit. So get, I mean, get you know Kevin Lee in there. He's I think he's a good candidate in there. He's not a good coach, but I mean, like just get you know get bring some names in there that are more they're better than what we got with those two you know laid back uh, hippie personalities you got in there right now. All right, that will bring it into round five, and we're rolling into round six, guys. And this kind of piggybacks in off of the last conversation. So, again, probably a brief round here. Uh, they just announced that the ESPN Plus app will now have its second price hike. Originally started at $4.99 a month, uh, currently $5.99 a month, about to go to $6.99 a month in August, I believe. And uh, so just y'all's take, did you, does these slight price increases, um, did, did, does that uh, substantially decrease the viewership? Uh, or is it, you know, because they are just going up by $1 at a time that it seems like it's a small amount of money to uh, slowly creep up to what is inevitably going to be $9.99, I believe. And at what point do you draw the line to where it is, okay, well, that's actually too much now. Because $4.99, I was like, yeah, um, you know, I don't really need to add another other monthly bill to my budget but that's pretty cheap and i'm gonna get all these uh ufc cards and so i'll do it you know so i'm doing it on the level here guys uh but uh just get curious your take on uh, at what point it stops becoming like just a no-brainer value of sorts we'll let torres start this time uh i mean it just depends on what you get an ESPN plus for uh you know i i get it i have it i mainly have it because i 
watch more than just fight. You know, I watch football. You know, I like some of the things on there, the, the details by um, Peyton Manning and Brady. Some they have Kobe and also some of the details that they do with uh, Daniel Cormier. But I mean, uh, if you're not looking for that, um, you know, that all access type thing, then you know, I, I ain't gonna lie. I don't think ESPN Plus is really, you know, really essential to some sports fans because some people only watch the big time things. Some people only watch it just to watch, you know, the, the big time UFC fights. You know, if they don't care for that, then they really don't care at all for much of anything else. So um, I think the price increase is not necessary in that regards. I, you know, make it makes you wonder why. You know, if why is there a price increase like that? But uh, I, I don't, I don't really understand it. But I, I just don't see. <laughs> I really don't see anybody buying it any more or any less. So I, you might see more uh, subscriptions be canceled. I don't know, but I just, I just think that a lot of a lot of things with ESPN Plus isn't really necessary for people who just watch here and there. Um, it's only for guys that are really pure fans in that regards. So you're you're a you're a mega fan. You're a hardcore just sports fan overall, as am I, as am Greg. At what point does it do you draw the line? Fourteen ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine. Uh, yeah, I ain't gonna lie. I'm not paying fourteen ninety nine for that. No. Yeah. Well, uh, what is that six ninety nine? Yeah. It's six ninety nine now. Yeah. Yeah. I, they're they're pushing it. I ain't gonna lie. They're pushing it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when, when it gets about eight ninety nine or ten ninety nine, I'm probably gonna cancel. Uh, but yeah, they're pushing it right now with six ninety nine. But I'm not. I'm surely not paying it for no fifteen. You know, twenty. Um, no, no chance. All right, let's go to uh, go to Hobbs. As long as Disney and Hulu is going to keep them in the bundle, I, I'll be with them. Uh, <laughs> but that's it. As soon as, as soon as fucking Disney and 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 Hulu kick them out, I'll be gone. Uh, you know, with a. <laughs> 11 with an 11 year old in the in the house and and letter kenny still on hulu i don't uh i don't mind it so much i don't notice it um because you know my kid wants to watch all those marvel movies whenever he wants but the day they kick them out and it becomes a separate bill and uh i'll, I'll be out too man all right uh greg well um Six ninety nine. I was going to mention that same thing that Jeff said. Like I had mine bundled with Hulu and Disney, but I'm not really sure. Somewhere along the way, I lost my ESPN. I guess when it went up a dollar, I don't know, or my, my I don't know if I had a six month subscription, but I lost it. But um, six ninety nine. Uh, I was going to touch base on what Torres said. I, I do like to watch football and the Division two games. Uh, you know, I like to watch all these odd games because you can get online and a generate like me like to get on there and look at the odds. And if somebody sends me something showing me a mismatch and the only place you can watch it is ESPN Plus, it's worth that six ninety nine a month because you're getting. I'm a fanatic about the fights in MMA. I watch them all the time, and if I can pull them up on my phone wherever I'm at, if I've got service, it's a, it's a no brainer to have the app. However, I just told you I'm a degenerate, so I like to watch all these streams live on the. Uh, on the dark web or whatever, because everywhere you go in the world, nobody pays for pay-per-view except for people in the United States. Like nobody else pays for it. So everybody else in the world's watching it, but they're not paying for it. So they're just going to post it on their website. You just got to find which one's doing it, you know? And, uh, but that's pay-per-view, not ESPN plus. With that being said, I think, I think the 699 is worth it. And, and yeah, it, it inevitably is going to top out at 999. And, um, uh, at that point in time, if it gets any any higher, you, you just got to say no because 
I mean, you can get the uh, the, the the whole ESPN ESPN two for like I think like fifteen dollars or something like that. They should just add that all in for fifteen dollars total right there. I mean, that's what they ought to do. Justin, wrap us up on round six. <clears throat> I jumped off the train a long time ago. Uh, the only thing I watch is fights. So for me, you know, it's I don't I don't really I'm not watching the details and stuff on there that much. Um, I got you know I would like to watch those I guess, but. Uh, it's just not worth it to me. I can watch it somewhere for free, you know, and again, I'm not watching football or anything else. So, um, to me, it's, it's, I, I hate it when they have fights on there. Cause it just means I have to search the web to find something, but it's, you know, it's not, not a big enough deal to me to, you know, have another something getting drafted out of my bank account every month. It's not that the price is even that much. It's just like, you know, they just penny and dime you for everything you got. Moving on, guys, on to round number seven. We're moving now. Uh, this one uh, is a fun one. Okay, so uh, we all know the Conor McGregor incident that happened where he broke his leg in the middle of the fight, uh, you know, with Poirier here a couple weeks back. He says it was a pre-existing uh, condition, if you will. There's some fractures that were there already. Dana says it's chronic arthritis. No matter what, it looks like we're uh, a year uh, uh, at least until we see Connor fight again. My question to you guys is, will he fight again? And will he make his way to the top or are those days over? Uh, he's made too much money. The fire isn't there anymore. And we are in for just, uh, you know, um, uh, money-making fights, if you will. Fights that uh, that move the needle interest-wise, but no have necessarily uh, title uh, implications. We'll start this one off with Hobbs. <laughs> I mean, they'll all be used to be interesting, Connor, whether it's a year from now or, or what kind of fight it is. But I definitely think if he understands where he's at, he's, he's not in tight. He's almost out of the top 10, I think, at this point. Right. Um, which yeah. is rightfully, yeah. which is rightfully so. I mean, if he just it's concentrates on, if he just concentrates on monies that are interesting, you know, to the to the casual fight fan and move the needle and bring in pay-per-view monies. Uh, you know, he's got a place still in the sport. Um, uh, you know, the whole, was it broke? Was it fractured? Is it arthritis? Um, I don't know that that's relevant really. I mean, I, or what, asking the commission if he could tape his ankles before the fight. Um, it, it doesn't matter. I mean, he's still, he's not the same Conor McGregor, you know, that we saw three years ago, four years ago, he's one in four in his last five or something like that. Um, he, he's to me, he's an attraction, but you know what? He's an attraction. I'll continue to watch uh, because it's a spectacle because it's fun. Um, but something's different about him now. And I don't know if it's money, you know, changes things and changes people. Uh, it feels like his desire is manufactured now and forced uh, he was a nice guy, Connor, the, the second time versus Poirier. And then he came back with the same aggressive Connor, but then it just seemed so forced. So it just seems like he doesn't know who he is anymore. Um, and a lot of that may have to do with, you know, that bank account now. I mean, two weeks off of this, he introduces a custom built Lamborghini yacht, uh, a Lamborghini built yacht. I mean, Dude has got more money than he knows what to do with, man. Uh, So who knows, man? I'll always watch as long as he wants to fight. 
but uh, he's got to get all this title hopes and I'll be a champion again out of his out of his head, out of his mouth, you know, and just go for shit that you know the average fan loves to see, and that's uh, you know the kind of the spectacle type fights. Who want? Who, I, I'd watch him fight Diaz again. I think it'd be great. Why not? You know, just um, you know, I mean, I don't know it, the whole ankle. Like saying he had arthritis in his ankle, that doesn't even really make sense. It, the arthritis in his ankle didn't break his fucking tibia. But, um, yeah, I, you know, I would have loved to have seen another round in that fight. He was definitely getting his ass whooped in the first round, though. And, you know, I don't don't really see things changing if he comes back and fights again. But because of the way that it ended, that's what's going to happen again. I mean, you know, it's, it's going to be very hard for Dustin to say no to that payday again. And... For the UFC to tell Connor no is probably not going to happen. So um, I think you're going to see the two of them fight again as soon as he gets back, probably, uh, just because that's what Connor wants. And, you know, the UFC is going to make tons of money off of it. It's the biggest pay per view they've done in a long time. Um, I saw that Dustin made $10 million off the fight. So, uh, you know, he's going to jump right back in there to the very top as soon as he comes back. And I think that he's the type of guy who, you know, he hasn't needed to do this for money for a long time. He he keeps doing it because he wants to fight. Um, I don't. Again, I, I don't see the fight going any different next time. I think it's probably just a prolonged ass whooping from from Dustin. But um, I definitely think that he will be back, and uh, he's definitely going to be fighting at a high level again. Whether it's Dustin right off the rip, or uh, definitely somebody in the top ten, or with a. I mean, the only way that it's somebody not in the top ten is if it's Nate Diaz. What do you, I mean, what do you guys think, though? You know, he got himself put in that, that position, but if we think back, he was only in that bad position because he decided to pull guard. I mean, yeah. how bad how bad a move was that, you know, to put yourself in that position? Did he really think that it was sensing him that tight? Because it wasn't, you know, things weren't that bad standing up. I mean, it looked pretty even standing up. But, I mean – Shit, was that a just a tremendous uh, game plan error to pull guard and put your ass and back on the mat with Poirier? See, I, it could have been the fact that he had already injured the leg earlier in the fight before they went to the ground. He Dustin kind of checked a kick and pointed at it. Uh, I think that was before they the whole uh, ground exchange happened. But um, if you look at the striking of it, you know, it, it at the time of watching it, it looked to me like Dustin was outlanding him. And Dustin was was doing a lot more damage. But looking back at the numbers, Connor was far more accurate. And if you take away the ten strikes that Dustin landed before the uh, before Connor went down when the leg broke, Connor outlanded Dustin as well. Uh, even though Dustin did land those ground strikes, Connor was striking on the ground too. So, you know, I don't know. It, watching it live, it, it definitely felt like Connor was was getting beat up. But uh, looking back at the stats, they kind of tell a different story than that. Okay, I'll go to Torres. Uh, yes, um, I'm not gonna lie. Uh, I've I've had an ankle injury. I've broken my ankle before uh, myself, and uh, and I and I saw the way that he, you know, did his, own, you know, on Dustin, you know, stepping back on it. Mine was very similar when it happened my freshman year. Um, you know, just a bad step, but I don't think it came from the uh, the step. I do think um, over time uh, it, it eventually caused those uh, those breaks happen over time, you know, small chips. And I do believe the way Connor came out kicking hard as crap, there's no like 
to me, now yes, he probably uh, probably was a part of his game plan. Could have been. But the way that that man was starting to fight off with those kicks, I mean, it looked like he was trying to kick a bag. Like, the way he was trying to kick Dustin's leg off. Like, obviously, if you already had an ankle injury or a leg injury, I would that wouldn't be the first thing I would resort to to start off fighting, you know, in, in my regard. Now, he probably didn't think he would be going in there and his leg would break. But that wouldn't be some of the first things that I would see. But as well, Conor McGregor is at 155 now. Uh, I think when he was at 145, I think he was a little bit stronger, a lot more powerful than a lot of those guys. And I and I see Dustin at 155. I mean, Dustin looks big in there at 155, yeah. man. And some of those punches that McGregor usually would drop a man with, I mean, you know, obviously they hurt Dustin, but he just walks through those things, man. I mean, after like, he felt like two of Conor's punches, like he just walked McGregor down and like you say, you never see McGregor ever pull a guard or go for a guillotine. You know, that was a rare occasion. And <laughs> I just think Dustin was going to beat him regardless. Um, if they fought again, Dustin would beat him again. Um, I think McGregor, he takes his time off. I do think when he comes back, they would uh, try to make the Diaz fight. I do think they're going to do Diaz, Conor McGregor 3 when he comes back. Uh, there's no way they'll have McGregor fighting Poirier again, especially if Poirier is the champion. No way they'll have him fighting for just out of, out of nowhere for the title. So I easily see McGregor and Diaz. Um, I'll be seeing some Rafael dos Santos, you know, stuff. But I don't know if they'll feed him the, the, the him yet either. I just think McGregor needs a, you know, I know he's he's very far in his career, but I think he needs a slight tune-up fight. Like he's been thrown in the wolves, you know, to come back off these long layoffs and they come in and fight these top-tier guys that consistently fight, uh, you know, throughout the year. You know, you're just not going to walk in there and just be the same. I mean, yes, he beat Cowboy, but we already know Cowboy's on his last legs. Yeah. Besides that, we already knew he was going to beat Habib off a two-year layoff. Knew he wasn't going to go just walk in there and fight Dustin Poirier, who Poirier just had a hardcore fight against Hooker, and then try to do it again a few months later when you really haven't corrected many things. I mean, <laughs> like, I just don't understand Conor McGregor, in my opinion, man. I just think he needs to... Uh, take his money, go run with it. You know, he's built his legacy. He's an all-time great. But uh, I just think Connor, uh, he's, he passed his time, man. You know, people evolving. People get better. And I just think Connor is on the uh, back end of it. Maybe, Je- maybe Jeremy Stevens was on to something, right? Yeah, maybe Jeremy Stevens <laughs> was on to something. You're right. <laughs> I would actually like to see that fight at 55. I mean, let's Yeah, that's a fight that Connor can win at least. Yeah, that would be a great fight for Conor. Get him back on the winning things. Because, let's be I mean, yes, Conor still is selling, but Conor Mystique and all of that is not the same if he's not winning. You know, if he, he gets on a losing streak, <clears throat> it's not the same. Very similar to Anderson Silva. You know, everybody thought Anderson Silva was God, basically. Yeah. And once he got knocked out by Wildman and broke his leg against Wildman and lost another fight, like, then, you know, you lose some of that Mystique. And I think McGregor will always sell pay-per-views, but he needs to win for him to keep at the rate he was going beforehand. Greg, wrap us up on round seven. All right, y'all touch base on the uh, on the Jeremy Stevens one. I didn't hear anybody say anything about that yet, but I would think that would absolutely be the fight for Connor to come back to right there. Um, touching base on the ankle injury, man, I think it was from the kick when Poirier stuck his elbow out the block, and I think it cracked it right there when he came back he put all that weight on it that's how it broke however Conor McGregor's going to talk about how he had little fractures in his foot before the fight anyway so blah 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 I happen to recall Conor McGregor 
saying something about a former opponent who was griping about an injury going into a fight. And Conor McGregor had said this, like in an interview, um, you, you know, you, do you think I came into this fight 100%? Nobody fights. Everybody's coming in with some kind of injury or something hurting. There's no reason to use that as an excuse for why you lost. Well, I mean, I think you just did that. So, like, if that's the excuse you're going to use because you lost, well, yeah, that's the reason you lost. You broke your ankle. But if, if you came into that fight knowing you were injured, then you shouldn't have fought. Or, you know, go back to what you said. Everybody goes into a fight not 100%. And uh, going back to that, I think the future opponent, Jeremy Stevens, would be perfect, you know, because who the fuck is that guy? Uh, you know, <laughs> The never forgotten little slogan from Conor McGregor. Who the fuck is that guy? Is Jeremy Stevens. And Jeremy Stevens hitting him up saying that he wants that shot when he gets off of that uh, ankle injury. Dude, that is the money fight right there right now for Jeremy Stevens to get a get a little bit. You know, I mean, I think I think it's fair to give him a little shot at some money. I mean, he's he's not. He is not even your mid-tier guy. He's a lower-tier guy on the USC ranking, and Conor McGregor is not top ten. He's not. He's not ever going to be for him. To, for him to get there. But here's the p- problem with that. Jeremy Stevens fight. What if Jeremy Stevens knocks Conor McGregor out <laughs> in that fight? Then what happens? Then then do you lose your cash cow if you're the UFC? Do you lose that guy? Like I mean that 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 shit talking. Then then you're going to be flooded with memes on the internet, and and he's going to. I mean it's just. I don't know. I don't know where you go with Conor McGregor from here. He needs to take his money and run, like Torres said. That's what I feel about it. Moving on to our final round of the show, round number eight, and uh, we'll keep this one brief as well. It's a little bit more just kind of speculation more than anything. You're starting to see a little more and more uh, coverage of uh, COVID numbers starting to rise again. Uh, There's a lot of, uh, you know, uh, a lot of talk, I guess, at this point about another potential shutdown looming uh, in various parts of the country. Uh, you know, a lot of these states like California are just kind of opening back up. And uh, my question to you guys is, uh, do you guys foresee another um, uh, another blow to the MMA world uh, forthcoming with a looming shutdown? Do you feel like we learned enough from the last one where MMA was kind of the they were kind of the, the the leader when it came to just like keeping shit rolling and keeping things going. Do you think that we learned enough from the first time to where MMA kind of sticks this thing out? You know, Dana White was talking about it, saying, you know, these the people that that uh, that are about uh, shutting things down again, that he quote was going to roll, roll them over, roll over them. So, uh, you know, he seems like he is geared towards uh, sticking things out, even if there was another looming shutdown. So, uh, yeah, what do you guys think is that, you know, are we looking? Looking at uh, another uh, dark period where we may be, uh, you know, without events for a span of months, or do you think that it is going to be uh, business as usual? And uh, we'll go back in reverse this time. We'll let Greg start us off. I can't tell you. I don't know what the fuck would happen because me and Charlie Alexander were supposed to fight right like two weeks before they ended up shutting down our fight last year. And whenever we got the news, I literally was like, I told you, Tim, I was like, they can't do that. You know, it's <laughs> like, well, they fucking did. They fucking yeah. did, Greg. And I'm like, how? Like, how? Like, this is, that was something that I never thought could happen. I don't know why I thought, it's like, that won't happen. That won't happen. Not in my lifetime. So as far as it happening, I don't know. I don't know. If they do it, I think it would be the damn dumbest, most idiotic, moronic, stupidest, just absolutely ignoramus i don't know fucking stupidest thing that they have done period not just on mma but on the economy itself 
and all around. But yes, if you do start shutting shit down again, it's just going to start getting worse. Like it's not gotten better since it's happened. So I don't know. This is ridiculous. You're already talking. They're talking about opening up the UFC venues to let people come in and watch and stuff like that. And then, and then other places talking about shutting down, you know, and we're just getting going again here, you know, in Tennessee state getting going really good and stuff. So, I mean, I don't, yeah, I, I would absolutely hate it if they did that. Torres, your take on this, man. We got, uh, you know, you're into sports and uh, of all kinds. And, man, I'm I'm seeing some packed basketball arenas. I Did you see it? They were elbowed asshole in Milwaukee last night outside the arena. So, you know, that that to me, you know, it's, it's kind of sending mixed messages. Oh, yes, I agree, man. I mean, I've been seeing a lot of these stadiums. Heck, you know, I'm also a big fan of the WWE. The last three shows, you know, they've had full crowds on. Oh, yes. Yeah. And money in the bank. So if anybody's seen that pop from John Cena, I mean, hey, they, I don't think John Cena coming back. You know, he probably still came back. But it's <laughs> like when you have a crowd, there, man, it makes everything that much exciting. So, um, man, I would be, you know, distraught if they freaking had to have another lockdown. I hope not. But, you know, seeing a lot of things that's happening in the Olympics right now, they had over 70 positive tests. And, yeah. Uh, currently, you know, I just... Uh, you know, with the vaccine now, you know, they're forcing, you know, uh, I know some of my college teammates, former college teammates, they're forcing some different uh, colleges to, for you to play in the sport, you have to get the vaccine, uh, you know, and uh, it just just depends on, you know, just the state of what everybody's trying to do. <laughs> I know a lot of people isn't a big fan of taking that vaccine, you know, I'm probably one of them, but uh, overall, man, I just, it just depends on, you know, what uh what everybody is looking forward to, because I don't, I, I don't, I really don't ever again want to uh, <laughs> be on lockdown. I hated that. I really did, because I, I love going to the gym, and uh, I couldn't go to the gym, and I just sat at home and did so many push-ups and pull-ups on a tree, and um, I got tired of that. So uh, <laughs> I don't want no more lockdowns, and uh, and I like to compete as well. So uh, hopefully, hopefully, there's a no-no to this to these lockdowns. Justin. Man, I, you know, I think um, if anything, I think it, it's more of a question of how it affects more of the regional scene. Uh, I don't think the UFC is going to, you know, get slowed down by it. They've still got Fight Island. They've still got the Apex for as long as, you know, Nevada stays open. Um, I don't know, you know, again, I think the places that try to shut down are probably going to get a lot of uh, backlash from, from the people and, um, I think people are tired of it and, you know, I don't, I don't think people want to go back into that. So uh, things can be hard to, to go back into a shutdown like that. Um, but if we do, it's, the, you know, the question comes to local promotions again, you know, most most of them um, regionally just shut down while all that was going on. You know, we had um, some people like you that that had the balls to stand up and keep going and push through the whole thing. But um you know, we like we. You know, everybody knows we've seen guys from all over the country because other places didn't have the the balls to do that. So, um, luckily, you know, Valor's in Tennessee, and they're probably not going to go back to lockdowns in Tennessee. I wouldn't imagine. Um, so, hopefully, hopefully that's all good, and um, we'll see how you know Bellator's and, and the PFLs handle it if if it comes back down to it. Jeff Hobbs, last take of the show. No, man. You got to say your your uh, wrestling fans, if they try to shut down again, this will be New World Order. 
the world is not going to do it. They're not going to do it again. You've, you've now opened up and given them a taste back of, um, you know, normal life as, as we knew it before COVID. There's no way that society and humanity will allow for, you know, a, another shutdown um, like that. I, you know, in the industry that I'm in, that I work in, I mean, we, we sent out our stuff today and it's like, look, here's what's happening. No longer are we quarantining. We're not doing this. We're not doing that. If the health department tells us someone needs to quarantine, then we'll do it. But as you know, school system, we're not doing it anymore. I think at, at best, they'll just push everything to continue to be optional. And they're going to uh, the second time around, if it, if it happens or it gets bigger, they're going to leave it up to the human being themselves to decide what they do and don't want to do, which is kind of, like I said, in my industry, what we're doing, uh, or, you know, our mask option or on bus. No, it's optional. You want to wear one, you wear one. If you don't, you don't school. If you want to wear one, come to school every day and one, but if you don't, you don't. And I think that's where everyone will, uh, you know, uh, lean towards if there's any kind of suggestion or, um, hint of another lockdown. I just think society as a whole, is not going to let that happen. They're, they're not going to be told a second time around what to do, how to do it, and how to live. Um, you will see uprising in the streets. Well, let's all hope that it doesn't come to that, folks. Uh, well, that's going to wrap us up for uh, another edition of the Valor Hour. Appreciate everybody for uh, hanging out with us uh, for uh, for this episode as we get ready uh, to go into August with another couple shows. Uh, we appreciate Josiah Newton for joining us earlier in the show ahead of his big main event, and then of course uh, we appreciate our panelists for uh, for sitting in as well. Uh, Justin Watson, Torres, Finney, Greg Hopkins, Jeff Hobbs uh, for. For those folks, I'm your host, Tim Lloyd. We're signing off for another edition of the Valor Hour. We'll see you next week. Hey, it's Rock Riley, and I am so jacked up. I got a new podcast. Once a week, it's the Rock Stops here. I'm going to be talking with athletes and entertainers, current and former, on making it to the promised land, to the top, and what happens when it's all over, and you don't know what to do, and you got family problems, and money creeps in, and the health, and all that jazz. Real talk. No more corporate BS. I can call it like it is. The Rock Stops here. With me, Rock Riley, can be found anywhere you find your podcasts and radioinfluence.com.